This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. San Francisco, a very heavy zone coverage scheme. Again, you know what, Matt? I'm actually the reason I'm surprised by this. It's not because of Mahomes or anything, but just his receivers. They they can't beat man coverage, and yet Mahomes he has a better, a clearer look. I think when he looks at man coverage than zone. I wonder how those numbers would look over like kind of the back half of the season because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the biggest issue early on in the season was these guys not being in the right place, these guys not being where Mahomes is expecting them to be. Um, you know, obviously Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore really struggled with uh, being at the right depth in terms of their routes. I mean, Tony's like a total nightmare, but I think that was the biggest issue with, with Sky Moore was just <laughs> uh-huh. not being, especially against zone coverage. And, and we talked about Sky Moore being, even as a prospect, a better man coverage beater than a zone coverage beater, a guy that was not necessarily just, he just didn't have the feel for zone coverage in the NFL. NFL. It was not. It was something that was, you know, um, an issue even like the mo- really throughout the course of his career. I mean, only two years here, but it's it's been a consistent issue for him, and that was leading to a lot of I think those turnovers early on. It's also when you have those zone coverage looks that they're able to cloud the picture in the middle of the field. You know, put put somebody in Patrick Mahomes' vision when we're talking about Travis Kelsey, when he's trying to get the ball to him. That's another part of it. Um, or as opposed to when they go straight up man coverage, if you're going to then account for Travis Kelsey with multiple defenders, two guys, that is going to leave someone one-on-one 
Um, and I think over the course of the season, they've narrowed that receiver room down to the point that, you know, Rasheed Rice is not, uh, he's not an elite man beater, certainly, but he's also mm-hmm. not, you know, hopelessly poor uh, at beating man coverage. I would say he's, he's still average-ish in terms of separate, average slightly below average in terms of separation against man coverage, but not a complete, you know, Kadarius, like I said, Kadarius Tony level disaster, MVS level disaster. So especially <laughs> if they've been able to get him lined up on some linebackers, which they have at times too, mm-hmm. that it might account for some of the difference between the man and zone numbers there. Uh, again, we don't have uh, Kadarius Tony uh, his updated numbers here uh, for this particular season, but in 2022 against zone coverage, Kadarius 20, Tony 73.1% success rate clocked in at the 17th percentile versus yeah. zone coverage. Just not, not very good. If you're wondering, oh, but can he beat man coverage? The answer to that would be, no, no, he cannot be man coverage. 58% success rate versus man coverage. That is 16th percentile, according to our guy, Matt Harmon here. But, uh, but yeah, Tony has been uh, not good, not good at getting open, Matt. Do you think, uh, do you think he's even going to play in this game? Probably no, not, right? no, no. There's just no way. I, I mean, what they, because um, what they do, uh, uh, personal matter or personal reasons, I think, right, is the reason he's not practicing or whatever it is. I, there's just no way. Addition by subtraction, dude. Got to take the guy off the field. Uh, yeah, 100%. I, he was roaming around on media night. I, I didn't see him there, but apparently he did say something about, um, you know, I was taken out of context in terms of the Instagram so, live pal. thing or whatever. I, I don't know. Don't think I, so. I did, get, I did get a chance to talk to Sky more about uh, some receiver stuff. Uh-huh. He was walking around and, you know. Um, oh, cool. In addition to, yeah, which was great. Just I, I remember I'll post the clip at some point. But really the thing that stood out to me was because he's he's been activated to the 53. I don't think he's – he might probably not going to play a ton or anything like that. But right. Um, right. he was just talking about like, yeah, what it – how awesome it was for Mahomes to like never throw these guys under the bus publicly for how, and cause you know, mm. he's like, we're not trying to go out there and mess up, but you know, do the bad stuff, but you know, it, it happens. It obviously happened a lot. And um, I think that's just a testament to Mahomes kind of like what he's, I don't want to say dealt with, but you know what, uh, what he's been playing, adjusting to these receivers and everything. Uh, so that was an interesting conversation. And, and yeah, I think that, I, I I just think it's gonna be really fascinating to see this matchup there in that middle of the field because you think about man, this Chiefs offense it's primarily a middle uh-huh. of the field offense. Like, sure. They they obviously do not have guys that are gonna win on the outside oh, consistently. No <laughs> yeah, I mean even even they have no one. They, I mean MVS will pop up every every in in a couple times of the postseason in a big game he'll come up with like one big catch. He'll yeah. save it for uh, the biggest games of the year. But yeah, I mean Rasheed Rice is kind of in that late season uh, rookie year, I'm on Ross St. Brown type of mold. I think that's going to be an yeah. interesting discussion point. Talk about that on the, on the YouTube channel somewhat recently. Um, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see just kind of how he develops and everything. But yeah, I mean, this is a, this is an offense that primarily has to run through the middle of the field. Um, how's that going to work against this 49ers defense that obviously is great at defending over the middle of the field passes. I mean, Jared Goff was seven of 10 in the middle of the field in the NFC championship mm-hmm. game, but still like Fred Warner's a beast, you know, Drake Greenlaw's yeah. a beast like that, that, that middle of the field is a tough area to attack on this 49ers defense. <laughs> Can I just talk about, you talk about no production on the outside um, part of the field here for Kansas city. I just found it so funny. This is again, going back to the conference championship game, you know, to ice the game, they throw the ball to MVS. This is how bad it has been for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We celebrated the fact that he caught the ball. 
<laughs> wide open, no defenders in the general vicinity of MVS. And we and we honestly celebrated like this kid, like he's a kid in, in like Pop Warner, like, oh, MVS. Oh, my God. Good job, buddy. Good job catching that ball that was perfectly thrown. And the other thing is Mahomes had to like lay it out there, right? Oh, he had yeah. to softly throw it out. It wasn't even like a, a laser beam to MVS. No, no, no. Had to softly place it out there to MVS. And MVS, for some reason, is falling down. Why are we falling down? I don't know why we're falling down. To catch this football, to ice the game, but we celebrate it like, like you know, like it was a great play. But like, it's like he was in in Pop Warner or something, you know. It's like, oh, MVS, great job, great job catching that wide open football. That's how bad it's been for Marquez. I mean, it's not been it's there. not been a smooth season for no, uh, for MVS. No. That's for sure. Um, I was just looking up the updated numbers for Mahomes. Uh, just like I said, back half of the season against zone coverage. So this is from week 11 yeah. through the conference championship. Um, okay. Not a ton of touchdown interception production, still five to four, but passer rating 91.4 um, completion percentage, 73.2 YPA just under seven. Um, so I do think that again, when they kind of got Kadarius Tony off the field, Sky Moore off the field, and you know, uh, we're just focused on Kelsey and Rasheed Rice and the running backs. You know, they weren't trying mm-hmm. to funnel targets to MVS or, or Justin Watson or something like that. Um, you know, it's that was really, I think, where they started to figure out some answers against uh, zone coverage, particularly. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kansas City has given up the third most receptions per game to slot receivers. Since week 10, and we're talking about per game, right? But San Francisco almost never utilizes a receiver out of the slot on the outside, man. Oh, my goodness. We know about the Legereus Sneed effect, Matt. They have shut down outside wide receivers here. Uh, it could be a very long day for Brandon Ayuk per game. The Chiefs have allowed the fourth fewest receptions, the third fewest yards, and the 52% completion rate allowed to the outside. That is third best in the NFL, all of these numbers since week number 10. I mean, you just look at some of the names that they have held down here. Stephon Diggs, as we know, in the two games against Kansas City, uh, three for 21 and four for 24. Uh, Jamar Chase, three catches for 41. Devontae Adams, one catch for a measly four yards. Kansas City has been an absolute shutdown unit on outside wide receivers, Matt. Oh, yeah, uh, obviously Snead is contract year. Uh, he's balling. He's <laughs> he's looking for that big deal for sure. And there he's a is. guy that's fascinating too, buddy, because he um, he used to play in the slot. Like he could be, yeah. Um, if he let's say he leaves Kansas City in the offseason, he goes to another team. That's a guy that could be looking at. Um, Maybe playing it as a slot corner, depending on which next defense he goes to. I mean, he could could obviously stay in Kansas City as well, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, man, I I do worry about uh, Ayuk in this game particularly. I, I think it's going to be a big Debo game because even like I mentioned, you know, if you're just looking at 
the Chiefs in those late down situations when they play uh, those two high shells, 67% of their snaps on third and fourth down are, um, are, are two high safeties. It's the most in the NFL. Yards per route run for 49ers receivers against two high. This is regular season and playoffs. Debo Samuel, 3.11. Brandon Ayuk, still fine, 2.19. Uh, George Kittle, 1.76. I think that's going to be key, though, is can we get Ayuk on um, some inbreakers or can we get him away from Legereus Sneed? Because he has been a guy, Sneed, that's one of the very few shadow corners that teams will yep. or like that, that teams have had to deal with him tracking their number one receiver around the field but of course then I wonder like what are they going to do uh like with Debo Samuel because if you're shading a safety to Ayuk you've got him in man coverage uh with with Legereus Sneed over there do or, or do you leave him singled up do you leave Legereus Sneed singled up because I still think Ayuk can then get over on that matchup because maybe you want to dedicate that extra safety to being down in the box in the run game, you maybe you want to have him sort of like helping over the top against Debo or, or kind of shading inside leverage on what I'm sure is going to be a ton of in-breaking routes for, for, for Debo Samuel. That part is really fascinating too because I, I do, and we'll talk about it when we do props, I, I think this is going to be, end up being a pretty big Debo game. Just an interesting matchup in regards to the movable chess piece that is luxurious need. Spagnola can do a lot of different things, Matt. Um, and I'm curious, do they just do what they've been doing um, and don't overthink this? And, and I almost think that's the way they should play. You know, um, I know San Francisco has got the Avengers out there roaming the field. OK, <laughs> but but Legereus has been a true shutdown corner this year. Uh, and I think in that way, that's really helped Spagnolo uh, either obviously run very effective blitz packages uh, which I think he might try to run here at, at the young Brock Purdy. Um, and it's it's that movable. He's the key. He's the linchpin to everything is Legereus need to, to what Spagnolo can do from a pressure standpoint and from a coverage standpoint. So, again, fascinated by that matchup. I do think it's going to be a long, long day for Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I've got a question as to whether or not they utilize George Kittle a lot. He hasn't practiced yeah. all week, Matt. What is the um what's the word on the ground here with George Kittle cuz the dude hasn't practiced at all? I don't think there's a ton of concern with with Kittle. I think he probably should be out there, but I am with you, man, that I think that's that's going to be a, a really interesting one too because these Chiefs linebackers aren't as big of names as Roquan Smith or Patrick Queen in Baltimore. I mean, shoot, even in San Francisco, they're not big names like Dre Greenlaw, Dre Greenlaw, and Puka. Actually, I'm talk about Puka Nakua. I talked about uh, <laughs> I talked about Fred Warner with Puka Nakua yeah, 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 today, yeah, and that's yeah, why yeah. it's on the brain. But um, Fred Warner there in San Francisco, but you know, Drew Tranquil, um, these guys there. Uh, They've got some interesting players in terms of that linebacker room. Uh, Leo Chanel, they've they've ended up getting some really good play out of that group. And but at the same time, though, like, are these guys good enough to cuddle? Uh, to 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 to. Yeah, let me say that again. Are these guys good enough to cover George Kittle one on one in situations if they're gonna go man coverage? I I don't know, man. So Kittle's interesting because his like we'll talk again in in props like 47 and a half receiving yards for Kittle I could go either way on that because I could see mm -hmm. a few big plays from Kittle in this game I, I haven't heard anything super concerning about him from a participation standpoint so San Francisco against outside wide receivers uh pro this is actually surprising because San Francisco has actually been pretty good um against the outside but primary outside wide receivers have caught 80 plus yards or a touchdown 
in seven of the last 10 games uh, versus San Francisco. Now, again, Kansas City doesn't utilize anyone on the outside very much, but if you're looking for that one random MVS game, maybe we get it here. Maybe we get a Justin Watson popping off. I don't know. That could be something that's really interesting too. Um, San Francisco versus tight ends. Again, this is uh, an interesting one here because uh, San Francisco has been bottom 10 in yards and receptions per game allowed to tight end since week number 10. 77.5% completion rate allowed to tight end. That's the third worst. If I mean, again, Kelsey's been playing way better over the last yeah. month, Matt. It feels like this could be a spot um, that Kelsey actually helps carry the team. Love that. Yeah, and I mean, the guys turned it up in the playoffs. There's no question about it. And um, I do think we're sort of in an era of Chiefs football where, you know, remember the Patriots for a while, it was like, ah, September, doesn't matter. They Every year, mm-hmm. you know, the big talk shows, there's, what's wrong with the Patriots in September? It's like, yeah, let's revisit this conversation in November, like when they've, uh-huh. when they've figured things yeah. out, when they've discovered yeah. kind of who they are. Like, this is preseason to them. Um, I think that I don't know if the Chiefs it was fully intentional, but it was kind of how this season went for them. Like by the time they were in December, it, they were a pretty solid offense. They've they've been a much better run game in the playoffs, that's for sure. Oh yeah, way better. Um, I, and I I feel like Kelsey maybe a little bit was like, I mean I think he's even said something to the effect that he's been exhausted physically. That that this was um the most challenging like physical season for him. It makes you wonder if even, yeah, he can obviously ball. He's showing that he can ball in the playoffs. I wonder if he's back next year just because of that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think he's obviously going to be a critical point here. And it, it's funny, this this 49ers defense, James, so many talented players. You know, the front four is obviously really hard to deal with. Like I said, Fred Warner, um, I asked Puka Nakua, what's the most difficult part of going against this uh, 49ers defense? And he's like, well, you know, I run all these in-breaking routes, and you've got 54 back there like a maniac flying around. Uh, so Fred <laughs> Warner is obviously an incredible player uh, in his own right, and, you know, Ward is a solid corner on the outside. But it hasn't; it just hasn't been that type of defense this year. Um, at times it's been a liability against the run. And, yeah, and again, oh, it's yeah. weird because they have so many of these really good players. It's just a defense I can't quite get my – head around right now even still the last game of the season i've seen some cut-ups too of san francisco's defense that um has shown a little bit of lack of effort which i thought was a little bit surprising uh and someone did bring up the point too that once hufanga went down with injury it just wasn't the same unit at all and if you're talking about guys flying around to the football oh my god that's hufanga you know what i mean (laughs) like that's the guy that is just running around like an absolute madman um, and I don't think they, they have that guy on that defense. I think they have a lot of really talented players, especially up front. But in the secondary and in this at the safety spot, do they got those guys? Do they got those guys that are flying around? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, they they don't really. And, you know, Chase Young, 49ers fans and, and beat writers have really gotten on him for lack of effort up front. But. Yeah, which by the way, which by the way, that goes back to his Washington days too. Yeah, also doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're Chase Young. Like this is, this is a big moment for your career, man. You know, he's a free agent after the year. Uh, this team gave yeah. up a third round pick. You know, you're in. Yeah. You're, you went from Washington, where mm-hmm. nobody's really watching. Nobody, no, you can 
you can dog and and like nobody's really watching nobody pays attention to these are like the most watched games of the season that you're in here yep. in San Francisco yep. so it doesn't yep. really make a lot of sense I know he I, he's talked about it this week about like yeah the whole team's got to have you know effort or whatever it's like I mean buddy we're talking about you Chase Young so um, that's <laughs> that's kind of a tough one um I I, I oh, and I wonder too I I just really wonder how much adjustment it's has gone on on that defense having Steve Wilkes come in there. And, and I think Steve Wilkes is a really good um, defensive coach overall, but a lot of the, the stuff that he did um, in, in Carolina and in other stops previously didn't mm-hmm. like directly overlap with what D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala and stuff was doing there. Um, and it really, it's the first time for a while that they've gone outside of that tree, like outside mm-hmm. of their own house to promote right, internally. Right. Totally. Um, and I think that's really like I, I just wonder how much of like an adjustment period we should expect here. Or um, I, I mean, I, I assume Wilkes will be back next season. Will his defense look dramatically different next year? I, I'm not really sure. 